Hey, yes, Jesuits, if you love listening to the podcast as much as we love making it, we'd like to ask you to support the show however you can. We have launched a Buy Me a Coffee page where you can make a one-time contribution to keep the show running. And if you really, really, really love us, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Links to Buy Me a Coffee and becoming a monthly sponsor are in our show notes and on our website, yasjesuspod.com. If you can't donate right now, please, please consider leaving us a review on Apple and Spotify podcast, following us on social media, and sharing us with a friend. All of these things help us to bring you new episodes. So, to all the zaddies and mama bears and everyone out there who already subscribes and support us, thank you so much. We seriously could not do this without you. And now, without further ado, on to the show. Hello, kings and queens and in-between, sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another groundbreaking episode of Yash Jesus! And as always, I'm here with my heartbreaker bestie, <laughs> Azariah Southworth. <laughs> and here at Yash Jesus, we believe... You know, Tammy Faye may have gone to interview Steve Peters first, but we all got to benefit from his life and his ministry. Today, we are going to canonize a new queer Christian saint. So we'll get right to the... A new article from The Advocate says the United Methodist Church could lose up to 20% of their U.S. congregations due to what? LGBTQ plus people. That's right. The denomination's policy says that the practice of homosexuality is incompatible with Christian teaching, and it forbids out clergy to be out or perform same-sex marriages. But so many congregations are already defying those policies, and more pro-LGBTQ policies will be proposed at the upcoming church conference, if you can believe it or not. About 3,000 congregations are the conservative and anti-LGBTQ Global Methodist Church. But if a congregation wants to depart, it must pay the denomination for the properties and meet certain other financial obligations. While the separation plan is limited to the U.S. so far, the UMC intends to put a similar plan in place for overseas congregations. Yeah, only 20%. So you hear that the majority of Methodists agree that God affirms and blesses same-sex people and, uh, well, LGBTQ plus people and same-sex unions. I mean, that's progress. So that's incur- That's progress. And the denomination at large is really taking a stance saying, you know what, 3,000 congregants, congregations around the U.S. that y- you want to remain anti-LGBTQ? All right, well, then you're going to have to buy this building, <laughs> buy this building. You're going to, have to buy this property and then, you know, may God bless you. <laughs> yeah, but. Well, I really want to hallelujah for all the allies out there because, you know, that it takes a lot of allies to accomplish that type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not all just the LGBTQ folks themselves, but it's their allies that are inside the church that are making that Very happen. True. And that's what we need to see more yep. of. So I'll hallelujah that, yes. Azzy. And if you got anything that you want to hallelujah, um, you should call us um, and get on our site at yashjesuspod.com and let us know what your praise report is, and we'll hallelujah along with you. If you got something great you want to share with us and celebrate, we're here to celebrate. And also, if you have something that's a little heavy on your heart, if you need a little more prayer, if you want Azzy and I to pray for you on the air, if you want our Yash Jesuits to pray along for you at home, then send us a prayer request. Um, and that's what we have right now. We have a prayer request. This comes to us from Erica, and it's in response to our episode titled Health and Strength. 
that is where I told the story of my medical scare. So check it out. This is what Erica says. Uh, Back in 2014, I had a staph infection and was in and out of the hospital for eight weeks. Fast forward to now, I lost my husband in February of 2023. Had I not pulled through in 2014, my kids would be in foster care. I mean, it's just so incredible what life throws at you. Um, I, I always think of the Baz Luhrmann song, the sunscreen song, where he says that you can't really plan for stuff. But in that song, he says it's the stuff that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on a Tuesday that really you can't stop. And it's going to be in a, you know, a crazy situation. And so um, what a, I mean, what a little glimmer of light in that dark time that you've been able to found that you're able to uh, cherish the fact that at least you're there to care for your kids. Um, we will pray for you and your strength. And and we just want to pray that God blesses you and your family. Azzy, we got some hallelujah in to do, it looks like. That's right. There's some praising going on. What, what's the story? Amen. Come on, Scott. Come on, Scott. Scott <laughs> wants to hallelujah with us. Scott says, it's been a tough year, but two of my friends and I have each independently escaped toxic job situations. This has freed us up to be better employees, friends, and overall community members. Well, we love to hear that. Anything that makes you an overall better community member, friend, employee, family member? Yes, 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 yes. I do want to say a small prayer request for everyone out there that's in a toxic job situation. Um, know that uh, you know there might be a better option out there for you. This seems like a, an amazing release for Scott um, and uh, uh, two of his friends. Like, to just be able to like get out of that situation, that is, that is a hallelujah. I know I've been in those situations where you go to work every day and you're like, why am I doing this for people that don't appreciate it or whatever? And when you release yourself from that, it's an incredible release and a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. So praise, Scott. We praise with you. We praise you. Let's do a little praise break dance in the <laughs> aisle right now. All right. We're going to do that and then be right back uh, after this with the scripture of the day. As he gets time for the scripture of the day, scripture of the day, it's the scripture of the day. Yes, it's soul food. Mm, it's my favorite. As he read it, what's up? What's trending right. in the Bible today? I'm going to take a more tender tone now. This comes to us from John 11:25 through 26. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Today's episode is very special. This episode is giving thanks and praise for the Reverend Stephen Peters. And it's also a little bit of a boop, 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 quick Christian news because Stephen Peters recently passed and has ascended on and has left us on July 8th, 2023. That's right. As some of you may know, I was close to him, so... I'm going to use this episode to proclaim Stephen Peters, Mr. Reverend Dr. Albert Stephen Peters, as a queer saint. Yes, this episode is the audio obituary, a memorial, and a way to honor his life and ministry. Now, this episode won't do justice because his life was so expansive and huge that just one hour or less episode will never do it justice. But Steve was a personal friend of mine, and this episode is one that I thought was going to come later rather than sooner. Uh, We'll talk about that stuff um, that you can find on Google, um, but I also want to make this a personal remembrance because he was not only a saint, but a friend. How did you guys meet each other? 
Steve and I met initially over, I, I reached out to him um, to do a prayer for Yes Jesus um, back in like February of 2021. And that was the first time we spoke over the phone. And then that fall, that September, was the Tammy Faye premiere. I believe it was in 2021 or was it 2022? I can't remember. I think it was 2021, September 2021. But the first time meeting Steve in person was at the Tammy Faye premiere here in LA. And he was he was the most exciting thing to me at that premiere. There were celebrities there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. There was big Hollywood directors there, producers, and a lot of the people would fawn over those people. But for me, it was Steve because of the example that he set early on with his interview with Tammy Faye. So that was the first time that we met. And we stayed connected um, since that night in September of 2021. We, we built a, a good and heartfelt friendship. Uh, shortly after that meeting him there at the premiere, I took him out to lunch and uh, wanted to get to know him better. And that's when he told me that he had stage four cancer um, and that it had metastasized. And so I told him, I said, you know, if you need anything, because I only lived about 10 15 minutes from him, I said, I know you have your community of people uh, to support you, but if I can be of any help, of any service, let me know. Uh, I'll be there for you. And he did. And I was there. And, um, and that's how our friendship built was I would go over to his house. I would wash his dishes for him, clean the litter for, his, for uh, <laughs> Mr. Teddy, his, his little cat. And every once in a while, I would get to sit down with him and talk with him when he had the energy and Sometimes we would go for a walk around his around his neighborhood, but that's that's how we met and how our our friendship formed. We're going to include Steve's prayer as a part of our prayer segment later on today. Yes, um, tell me more about Steve. Steve Peters was born on August second, nineteen fifty two, in Lawrence, Massachusetts. He grew up on the campus of Phillips Academy, Andover where his father worked as a math teacher and varsity wrestling coach. Oh, so he was surrounded by some hunky, hunky wrestlers. <laughs> oh, I'm either jealous or sorry for him, because that's a hard upbringing. Oh, Steve loved it. Don't, <laughs> please. His first words when he was three or four, when he saw that wrestling team walk through the house was, boys, boys, boys. <laughs> he loves telling that story. But it wasn't hard for him. He loved it. But, you know, he couldn't be out as a young man in the 50s or 60s, so he couldn't follow his passion of the leotards and of studying the male body. So Steve turned to singing. After high school, Steve sang for a time with the College Light Opera Company at Cape Cod. From appreciating and studying the male anatomy to singing, I mean, why can't you do both? <laughs> Just step up to the mic. Oh, I'm sure he found a way. <laughs> uh, you know, on one of our walks, we were talking about faith and sexuality. That was the theme of the conversation, as as one would. He was asking me a lot about my coming out and and um, and me working at TBN. And um, and one thing that he said that will always stick to me, and I I belly laughed <laughs> when he said it, was that you know we have to go out into the baths, the bushes, and the bars. And, and, and to preach the good news. And that, that will always stick with me. And that's what Steve did in his life. After a struggle with alcoholism, Steve found a community of sober gay men who introduced him to the Metropolitan Community Church, which is also known as MCC. 
Right. And yes, Jessica, do you know what the MCC is? It's that gay church founded specifically for the LGBTQ community. We've talked about that on the show, Azzy, right? Yes. Yes, we have. Founded by the Reverend Troy Perry. Uh, leather Daddy. <laughs> Reverend <laughs> Troy Perry. Um, but who also grew up as a, as a sissy Pentecostal like us. Um, and the <laughs> MCC church is such an important network of LGBTQ affirming people of faith and Christians. Um, they were there for me after I came out. Uh, Ray Boltz and I did a tour. Uh, Ray was singing his new songs from his new album, and I was sharing my story. And it was at mostly MCC churches um, that we traveled to um, sharing that. So the MCC church is a very special place in my heart, and I know from countless others. Um, but the MCC is what allowed Steve to reconnect with his childhood faith. But God's calling went even deeper. After years of study, Steve became the MCC pastor for a church in Hartford, Connecticut. In 1982, Steve was diagnosed with GRID, as it was known then, which stands for Gay-Related Immune Deficiency. That was what it was called before we knew it as HIV-AIDS. He nearly died then and several times since then. In 1984, he was given eight months to live, but... Steve believed God was greater than AIDS. Yes, God is greater than AIDS. Steve became one of the early recipients of Suramin, the first antiviral drug that was tested against HIV. Yes, this was an early HIV treatment, and most of the medications they came up with had just horrific side effects. And, you know, the people who could get them took them because the alternative was death. But Steve was really lucky to get treatment. I'm sure that it wrecked his body in so many other ways. A lot of the survivors of who were positive in the early days that I've met through my activism all have different kinds of issues with their liver or other parts uh, due to how harsh some of those medicines were. Yeah, and it nearly killed him. Uh, I think he was the only person, there was two people that survived it, but I think he, in the long run, was the only person that survived it. But while he was recovering from the Suramen treatment... Steve was invited to be interviewed by another queer saint, Tammy Faye Baker, who we love and adore. Steve's appearance moved Tammy Faye to tears. It was iconic. Yeah, I mean, really it's really was. in the canon as like, I think, a top LGBTQ moment ever in history. Yeah. Steve recounts about how people would come up to him in the restaurant and say how that interview saved their life because for the first time, they saw someone who's told them that Jesus loves them just as they are, and that Jesus loves how they love. That message wasn't being spoken on any large platform at that time, but Steve was the person bold enough, bright enough to speak that. In Steve's conversation with Tammy Faye, that was one of the very first media events that depicted people with AIDS as warm and loving human beings rather than monsters. So let's take a listen to one of my favorite parts of that interview now. Thank God. Absolutely. You know, thank God for a mom and dad who will stand with a young yes. person. And, you know, I think it's very important because no matter what happens to a young person in their life, they're still your boy, they're still your girl, no matter what happens in their life. And I think it's so important that we as mom and dads love through anything. And that's the way with Jesus, you know. Jesus loves us through anything. That's and that's the wonderful thing about Jesus, you know. Absolutely. Jesus loves me just the way I am. I really believe that. Ah. Jesus loves the way I love. I mean, 
as my mom has always said, that uh, children are just on loan from God. And God bless Tammy Faye for saying that on the air and probably saved a lot of people's lives. And for Steve, for being so brave to put himself in the lion's den amongst all of these potentially really judgmental folks. But um, it, it, that's why I think it's such an, an important moment in our history. You know, we, we talked about this interview before because it was depicted on the eyes of Tammy Faye, a film starring Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield. Yes, yes, it was an Oscar award-winning performance at that. And I love that it's Steve who provided Jessica with that Oscar award-winning performance because <laughs> Steve loved entertainment. He loved acting. He loved show business. He loved the limelight. He loved it. But I, I really believe in that interview as much as I think Tammy was trying to minister to Steve to let him know that he's loved, Steve really ministered more to Tammy and ended up giving more than than what I think. Tammy, I think, in my, in my perspective of, of the interview, was trying to give to Steve, but really was the one that ended up receiving as well as all of us. It's so interesting, you know, because I remember when I was on Celebrity Drag Race and you and David the Gay were in the audience and they were vamping for time backstage while something was happening and they, you had a moment to ask RuPaul a question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you chose to ask RuPaul about Tammy Faye. Of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like backstage and I hear Tammy Faye. I'm like, oh, it's Azariah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, do you, yeah. but do you recall what you asked Ru? Yeah, I just, I asked Ru, I said, what is something that Tammy Faye taught you that still sticks with you to this day? And then he said something about her being gay affirming. And then he said, I don't know so much if she was aff- affirming as, the, as, as, as she saw the beauty in everyone. Am I right? Yeah, that sounds correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part that really stuck with me because I saw that you were maybe we're not going to remember that little part. But like the, that, that to me, that was like he was and he said that's the full level of enlightenment, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. well, to see the beauty in everything and everyone and it helps you transcend your suffering. Yeah. I think Steve going there and, and showing up as himself mm-hmm. really humanized queer people across the world in that moment because Tammy was at the beginning of becoming the full enlightened Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. I think when we see the years where Tam- Tammy's on Rue's show, mm-hmm. like her, his talk, like Rue's talk show, you could see the fully formed Tammy. Yeah, you know, after the scandal and all that other stuff. Right. But at this point, she was just she, she was following the light through the tunnel. Yeah. And Steve just supplied so much of his natural light in that moment. Yeah. Um, it's it's so important. If you are a queer person or ally listening to the show and you have not seen this moment, do yourself a favor and go in honor of Steve Peters today. Go to YouTube and watch that video or in our show notes because it is such an important part of LGBTQ plus history. Yeah, or even just uh, watch watch the documentary, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and then watch the feature film with Jessica Chastain. But after that interview, Tammy started taking her children to visit AIDS patients in the hospital oh, and wow. really started doing ministry work with AIDS patients at a time when you know people didn't want to be in the same room, breathe the same air. So he really had a huge impact, 100%. If you follow us on social media, you would know that um, we were there at the Tammy Faye premiere. Um, and if you're not following us on social media, shame on you. You should be. <laughs> at yes, Jesus Pod. <laughs> um, but you probably saw the photo of me and Steve Peters at the premiere of Tammy Faye. We took that photo together while we were attending the premiere. Um, I had my little earrings on that were a replica of Tammy Faye's earrings. I made a little replica <laughs> of them <laughs> um, that she wore on her interview with RuPaul back in the day. 
uh, and Jessica Chastain really pushed for the eyes of Tammy Faye to get produced. She really believed in mm-hmm. that message. And of course, she won the Oscar, as we said, for her portrayal of Tammy Faye. Uh, and she even brought Steve to the Oscar nominees luncheon. He must have loved that. Oh yeah, he 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 joked about like no no one else brought a character from their movie. <laughs> Nicole Kidman didn't bring uh, Lucy or uh, her husband, you know. But you know, Jessica brought Steve, and oh my god, I he was living for that day. Like I don't know if anything made him feel just more seen and special. And in his living room, in his dining room, he has pictures from that day with Jessica and Andrew and it was very, very special to him. And so I think that Jessica taking him was such a a beautiful gift. But of course, Steve lived a long life after that Tammy Faye interview. He never tired of his advocacy and his ministry. He was a faithful servant. And the last conversation I had with him, I went over to help him with some house chores. This was two days before he collapsed. And he asked me, you know, he's like, Azariah, is everything okay with you? And I paused because, you know, I like to ponder, do inventory before I answer. And But the fact that even when he was at his weakest, at his sickest, he was concerned about you and took time to check in with you. And that meant a lot to me. So he was a very faithful servant all the way up to the end. He was definitely committed to his HIV adequacy. He, um, he was heavily involved with the AIDS Project Los Angeles. In 1985... Steve was the speaker at the first entertainment industry dinner AIDS benefit hosted by Miss Elizabeth Taylor. And in 1987, he presented the Buddy of the Year Award to Whoopi Goldberg, um, also uh, Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation ambassador at an AIDS Project Los Angeles benefit event. Yes. In 1990, he appeared as himself in the play titled AIDS US slash two. In 1993... He was one of the 12 guests at the first AIDS prayer breakfast at the White House with President Bill Clinton and Vice President Al Gore. That's right. And Steve never gave up his love of singing. Ever. Ever. Not for a (laughs) moment, honey. He sang with the Gay Men's Chorus of Los Angeles and served on their board. He sang with the chorus at Carnegie Hall in New York, at Tchaikovsky Hall in Moscow. That's probably when... You know, uh, Mr. Putin had his gay awakening and the Walt Disney (laughs) Concert Hall in Los Angeles and so many other places. He was a man who loved show tunes. (laughs) (laughs) A man after my own heart. You know, after he has passed, so many people have paid tribute. I just want to read a few of these tributes. Here's what Jessica Chastain tweeted. Steve Peters was an inspiration and advocate for those living with HIV AIDS for over 35 years. He was a constant reminder that God is love. Rest in peace, sweet angel Steve. You made a difference in the lives of so many and you will be missed. Steve was a pastor with the MCC and the church put out a memorial that stated, In Steve, we had not only a tremendous voice for Christ, but an amazing advocate who gave peace and hope and grace to people with HIV AIDS. He was remarkable in so many ways and we were blessed to have him in our denomination, in our churches, in our Christian faith, and in this world. What a blessing. Reverend Troy Perry, the founder of MCC, said this, The last time I got to talk to Steve was about a month ago. I told him he was in our thoughts and prayers, and he had shared with me before that he had stage four cancer and was not expected to live. I can hear God saying to Steve, well done, my good and faithful servant. On June 21st, 2023, I received a call from Steve in the morning asking me to come take him to the hospital. 
He didn't sound like himself on the phone, and he sounded very sick, so I rushed over to his house. As we were leaving Steve's house, he collapsed, and I thought we were losing him at that moment. After I called 911, I was holding Steve, and I kept repeating the prayer that he told me he prays every night. Jesus, come be with us. You're good fairies. And I have to admit that in that moment, I have never felt more helpless, more useless, because I've never experienced a loved one, a friend, just being limp in my arms and not knowing what to do. And so I did what I knew brought peace and comfort to Steve in that moment, because I remember him telling me that's what made him go to sleep at times. But even though I felt helpless in that moment, I still had hope because I knew Steve was a fighter. And as his bosom friend, Timothy, shared with me later, his body is filled with wisdom. On July 8th, 2023, as the sun was beginning to set, the wisdom in Steve's body said it was time to go home. He had been fighting hard, not just for the last two weeks, but for the past 40 years. I had just gotten home from visiting Steve in the hospital an hour earlier. That afternoon, I sat by Steve's bedside and I read him Psalm 91. I told him as a kid, I didn't understand why my dad would wake me up every morning (laughs) to read Psalm 91, but now I knew. I told Steve about our friends similar and played their new song, Faith, for him too. And while I was playing that song for him, I saw tears coming from his eyes. And his friend Tim walked in the room at that moment and said, Tim, are you crying? And he said, yes. He nodded his head, yes. So those were my last moments uh, in person with Steve. At 6.58 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Steve's dear friend Tim called me. I initially missed his call because I was with friends, but I called him back within a few minutes. And when Tim, the retired Broadway star, answered, he was singing a song so beautifully about friendship. And as soon as I heard Tim singing, I knew what was happening. I knew Steve was ready. Tim said I was on speakerphone and asked if there was anything I wanted to say to Steve. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember feeling a dam of gratitude break open within me. What do you say to someone who gave so selfishly, who shines so brightly? I know for me, I am forever changed for having known Steve. I wanted to be of service to him because I was a point in my life where I knew I needed to be of service. I, I, I knew that when we're in service to each other, when we're in community with each other, that God is going to break us open somehow and show us what we need to know. And Steve taught me about grace and patience and kindness, not in words, but just by example. Kazi, you were a really good friend to Steve, and you teach me those things as a friend. That lives on in you. What Steve has taught you lives on in you because you are a great person just like that. Steve is a man that I'm always going to remember as someone who loved show tunes and cheeses. <laughs> a man who danced in the face of death. And a man who refused to hide his light under a bushel. Even though the world wanted to stomp him out and counted him as dead. Even though Steve is gone, I will always... N- feel that our friendship is very much alive and rich and always living with new understandings of grace, patience, and love because of how he lived. You know, Steve's favorite movie was Peter Pan. He loved Peter Pan. He didn't like the remake so much, but the original he loved. And he also loved fairies. In fact, he often used a wand, a fairy wand, in his sermons to help punctuate his message. And Uh, If I recall correctly, he told me that one of his wands is 
at the American History Museum, the Smithsonian American History Museum. So if you ever go, go check, go look for Steve's uh, fairy wand. <laughs> but I just know that when God greeted Steve, he greeted him with his very own show tune. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm convinced that that show tune was titled, or at least in the lyrics, said, Well done, good and faithful fairy. So we give thanks for the life and ministry of the queer Christian saint, Steve Peters. We know his life was a blessing and countless to others around the world. So, Steve, well done, good and faithful fairy. Azzy, what a beautiful tribute. And please go out there and search Steve Peters. Uh, find out what an incredible life this man lived. Uh, for your tithe, love offering, charity, act of good this week. In the spring of 2024, Steve's memoir, Love is Greater Than AIDS, a memoir of survival, healing, and hope will be published, detailing his journey recovering from AIDS in the 80s and the health challenges he faced in Hollywood sense. Make it your act of good to pre-order Steve's memoir and share it with a friend. Lastly, this is a love offering that Steve gave us all in a sermon years ago, and I know he wouldn't hesitate to share it with you now. And it's this, God is bigger than the Goliath in your life. Whatever insurmountable situation you're facing right now, Steve wants you to know that the source of all that was and is, is for you and not against you. The great I am is for you and with you in the baths, the bushes, the bars, wherever you are. And our only responsibility is to create the space for God to show up. And you might be asking, how do I create that space? In Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. So be still, be present, and behold, God is greater than all of it. Thank you so much, Ezzy, for sharing that, that openly and that vulnerable with us. Like, vulnerability is so important on this show and to share with our followers. And, you know, you guys may, we may have followers, but if your followers are not being vulnerable and acting and engaging with us and learning from each other and vibing regularly, then you don't really have a community. So please reach out to us. Let us know your stories. We want to know who you are and we want to feel your presence. Now, as we get into the closing prayer, we've been starting out our prayers with prayers from a drag queen every week. But today I wanted to bring back the prayer that Steve Peters provided us years ago. He was a friend of this pod and a fan of this pod and we're delighted that he offered us a prayer so we're going to start today with a different kind of queen <laughs> the biggest queen of fairy. them all <laughs> <laughs> gracious and most loving god god of hope we thank you so much for all the ways that you move in our lives and give us everything we need to be the people you created us to be we thank you especially for the gift of hope, for the hope of life and love and all the things in life that we hope for, including love. God, so many of us learn so much from the AIDS crisis about living with hope in the face of all the hopelessness that we faced in those days. God, we learned that hopelessness ha happens when we feel helpless. And we learned that hope 
happens when we discover there are things we can do to help ourselves, even when there were no treatment, no vaccine, there was still hope because there was a lot we could do to help ourselves create the conditions for healing. And so we learned from that to have hope in the face of all kinds of things. Uh, and today we learn uh, we, we need to have hope in the face of COVID. Hope that there will be an end to the quarantine and the, uh, the, the, the lockdowns and the isolation. Hope that we will one day again return to a life of love and service in person. And God, we thank you for all these ways of having hope. We thank you especially for giving us hope just through our faith, through faith in believing in things that we don't necessarily have proof that are going to happen, but in believing them, in having faith in them, we find hope. So for all these things, oh God, we give you thanks and praise. And we are so grateful for all the ways that you give us everything we need to be your servants, to be your instruments in the world. And so let us be a people of hope as we go out into the world, remembering that we are the church when we are out in the world. So thank you again and again for the hope in the face of whatever hopelessness we may be facing. In the name of Jesus, the risen Christ, we pray. Amen. I want to continue our prayer with a part of Steve's constant prayer that you mentioned earlier. Jesus, come be with us, your good fairies. God, we thank you for the life and the ministry of the Reverend Steve Peters. Thank you for the example that he gave us. Thank you for the wisdom that he shared and imparted with us. Thank you for sharing him with us. God, we are praying for the United Methodist Church, knowing that they're going through a messy divorce. Let their ministry be stronger and more authentic. Let this separation be an opportunity to let marginalized people know that God's love is for them. We pray with Erica and everyone going through health issues. We are thankful that you kept her safe and kept her family intact. Keep her safe and healthy and guard over those children. And we give thanks with Scott about his friends and himself who have gotten out of toxic situations. We pray that you can give strength to all of our listeners to get out of their toxic situations. We are so grateful for this time to celebrate the life of the Reverend Steve Peters. We give grateful for Azariah for sharing from his heart. And we give grateful to all of you who are here and listening with us. God, in your holy and precious name, amen. Oh, once again, thank you, Azzy, for sharing so lovingly and openly. And we thank all of you listeners for another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at yashjesuspod.com. If you like the show, please make a donation. We could use it. Just click the Buy Us a Coffee button. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you could really help us keep this show running. 
If you really love us, you can find other ways to support the podcast on our website or in the show notes. And if you ain't got no money, honey, don't worry about it. Just leave us a review or share us with a friend. Those five stars really help us spread Yash Jesus to others who might need to hear it. That's right. You can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yashjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers, just like we did with Steve's, on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just a, well done, you good and faithful fairies. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Yash Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Francesi, your faithful fairy, and... <laughs> and the fairiest of them all, Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the Freakin' Deacon Ross Murray and Meredith Pauly. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, God loves you just as you are. So keep praising the Lord, y'all good and faithful fairies. <laughs>